probably. I like a little heat. I, uh, I do Mexican once a week, although um, probably anyone from Mexico would actually say that's really not Mexican what you're doing. Um, and Tanya's out of town, so gloves are off, boys and girls. Keep your heads up. Well, I didn't hit it. Boom with that one. Well, that's kind of disappointing. How about this one? Go! Boom. Nice. You could actually use that. Incorporate that into your menu. Because there's some good stuff in there. Got one more coming. Ah! Oh, that was. Oh. Is it, did it bust open? Did I take the coffee out? Oh, it's okay. We'll figure it out later. Really? No, this is a good intro. You don't want to walk out. Okay, so these little guys, right? These are just sweet peppers, right? They, they really, they're pretty super mellow. They're just kind of a good time. And, um, and then these little guys, these are pobanos, okay? Now, pobano is a little bit hotter, a little spice to it, okay? So there's this thing called the Scoville scale, right? Scoville heat units, okay? And so the pobano, the sweet pepper, has a, a heat unit of zero. Like, it's like eating an apple, okay? This is like eating a spicy apple, but it's still not that heavy, okay? A polvano is about 2,000 on the Scoville scale. Then you have red jalapenos, which are just green jalapenos, which have been allowed to uh, turn red. So here, I'll throw one of those out. Whoops, there we go, like that. And by the way, in the care package that you received, you got one of each of these, okay? All right, then taking a step up, if you're really into it, and probably my favorite little chili is the Serrano, okay? I really groove on these little guys, okay? This plus this uh, is magic for me. And the Serrano has a value of 23,000 Scoville units, okay? So, zero. 2,000, 10 times as much, okay? But then you get to these little guys. And this is the only thing that you can get locally that really has some serious heat to it. This is a habanero. This is 350,000 on the Scoville heat unit, okay? Now, in case you're wondering what the hottest pepper is, the hottest pepper is the Carolina Reaper, which is 2.2 million. Okay, here's how it's described by Pepperhead.com. The Carolina Reaper has a sweet and fruity flavor with unrelenting face-melting heat. One time, though, with one of these, this is just a habanero, the, the, the Carolina Reaper is actually a cross between the habanero and the Naga Viper, okay? And, and so, yeah, it literally, it's, okay, so at, a, at one time with one of these, first time I experienced cooking with one of these, I'm slicing it up, okay, okay, I'm going to do a Mexican thing, and, and then my nose itches. I kid you not, and I had no idea, I had no idea. I, had, I knew they were hot. I had no idea. You know what I'm talking about coming right at you. They don't throw quite as well. They bounce pretty good, though. So I went like this. I instantly knew I had done something wrong. I literally stuck ice cubes up my nose to cool down the heat. It was so hot. It was like unrelenting. It was unbelievable. I can't even men imagine what a Carolina Reaper would taste like in my mouth. I wouldn't even bite into one of these. I would bite into one of these and eat it right now, but I, I, I don't think I'd take the chance on that. 
The, the prologue, right? The why, why, where we're at, it, it's almost irrelevant, okay? It's almost irrelevant. Because what's in the past is in the past. But I'll remind you anyway. We're here because the people have walked away from God. And while their actions are lamentable, we also know that there are people in the story who have not walked away from God. Jeremiah would be a prime example, who are lamenting something that has happened to them even though they have done nothing wrong. And part of the challenge with any experience in which we face adversity is is we play this game a little bit of, what did I do to deserve this? And to be sure, there are some things in which our actions are lamentable, and, and we did something that deserved it. But there are also things that happen to us, that are done to us, that we did nothing to deserve. There are things that happen in the world that are absolutely horribly lamentable. The prologue. Chapter 2, verse 1. Harrison argues, it reads like a first-person account. To that, I would add, this is what war looks like in poetic form. How the Lord in his anger has set the daughter of Zion under a cloud. He has cast down from heaven to earth the splendor of Israel. He has not remembered his footstool in the day of his anger. The Lord has swallowed up without mercy all the habitations of Jacob. In his wrath, he has broken down the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He has brought to ground in dishonor the kingdom and its rulers. He has cut down in fierce anger all the might of Israel. He has withdrawn from them his right hand in the face of the enemy. He has burned like a flaming fire in Jacob, consuming all around. He has bent his bow like an enemy. It's real heat. It's spicy. It's brutal. And it's some of the verses in the Bible that make people scratch their heads and go, okay, what's God doing here? And if you want to take the poetry literally and say that God directed the Babylonians, I'm cool with that. If you want to take more of the position that I personally embrace, the position that says God lays things out and says, follow me, (laughs) come back to me, and things will go well from you. If you don't come back to me, there's pretty intense consequences. I'm cool with that as well. I'm not here to defend God. I don't have to defend God. God can defend himself. What I'm good at understanding, even a little bit, is human responsibility. I find it very difficult to understand God. God is infinite, I am not. So I'll stick to what I know just a little bit about, and that's human behavior. The events that Lamentations describes are hundreds of years in the making. God has said to the nation of Israel, come back to me, follow me. It will go better for you if you follow me. There's a lot of danger in the world if you don't follow me. There are consequences for poor choices. (laughs) 
How hot can it get? How bad can it be? I mean, basically, the people in the book are making the bet that the bad won't be bad enough. They're making the bet that, yeah, this might be 350,000 Scoville heat units, but really, is it that hot? It's not that hot. God really won't do what God says he'll do, would he? The consequences for poor behavior really aren't that bad, are they? And to that, I want to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, the consequences of where God is not in the picture. (laughs) They're ugly. This is what it looks like when a people run from God. And God says, okay, if that's what you want, That's what you get. And it is absolutely disastrous in scope. And we're tempted to say, some stronger than others, that's not fair. What's not fair about it? Smaller scale, something that I can wrap my brain around. Cook the bacon in the oven. Open up the oven door. If I grab the bacon pan with a, without a hot pad, what's going to happen? I'm going to burn my hand, right? For 385 degrees, not 400 because then it splatters too much grease, but 385 degrees. If I touch a 385 degree pan with my bare hand, I'm going to get burned. If I touch it with a hot pad, I won't get burned. So if I touch it with my bare hand and I'm like, that's not fair, you'd be like, no, you were just stupid. Yeah. Have you seen this ad? Okay, I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch a little bit of TV, but not a lot. This ad starring Ron Reagan, okay, the son of a president who consulted an astrologer for advice, but that's a different story for a different time. He, he, there's this ad, right? And he's advocating for atheism, which, whatever, fine. I'm advocating for following Jesus Christ, so, hey, It starts with, hi, I'm Ron Reagan, an unabashed atheist. Have you seen this commercial? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's intense, right? Because it starts with, hi, I'm Ron Reagan, an unabashed atheist, and it ends with Ron Reagan saying, again, in his own voice, lifelong atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. I'm like, ooh, ooh, do you know how hot it is? I mean, that just, I mean, I could hear a lot of stuff. I mean, someone can rail off a a list of profanities. Someone can, short of taking the Lord's name in vain, I'm just like, okay, whatever. You know, fine. Just, they're words, right? Just, but not afraid of burning it. Really? Really? I, I don't know if you want to deal with that kind of heat. And far from having to defend God, I'm just saying, 
Lamentations, in addition to showing us how to lament, is also instructive for showing us how to live. And if there's a case in the negative to be made for following God, this is it. Don't walk away from God. Don't think you can handle the heat. Because you can't. I can't. We can't. The die is cast. This is what happens when there is no more time left. God did what he said he would do. Verse 17. The Lord has done what he purposed. He has carried out his word. All of the props that they had in place, all that they have left, it's nothing, really. Before Lamentations, okay, in the book of Jeremiah, they are told by God that this will happen. They are told they will be taken into captivity. They know that the Babylonian arc of doing business is they will fight or suppress an armed opposition, but if you just lay down your arms, the Babylonians won't kill unarmed people. But if you fight, they'll fight back. They're told by God that this will happen. You will be taken into captivity. You will live there. They're even told they should pray for their captors, that they should pray for the peace of the city in which they are a refugee. Intense. Jeremiah records that. Jeremiah also records that there are certain false prophets telling the people that, oh, God is still with us. Why? Because we're the people of God. Even though Jeremiah is saying, I'm not sure where you're getting your information. (laughs) Which leads to an interesting side note, right? If someone tells you, okay, if you hear it on the news source or if you hear it in your favorite little website locations, if someone tells you, well, of course, you're the chosen people of God. You're special. You live in a free land. You're the best. You have a right to anything that you want to have a right to. Or, if someone tells you, I'm not so sure you should rest on favored nation status. Maybe don't put too much confidence in a nationalistic identity. Which do you think might be more true from the book of Jeremiah? And I know I'm jacking with a lot of people when I say this. A lot of people. And if there's anything that the book of Jeremiah tells us, it tells us, if there's anything that the example of Lamentations tells us, don't get cocky. They had false prophets telling them, you don't have a thing to worry about. Favored nation status. Jeremiah's like, no, there's, <laughs> there's a day of reckoning coming. Because you've said you're the people of God, but you're not following me with your heart. It's intense, right? 
they won't listen to Jeremiah. They won't listen to God. They'll listen to their false prophets telling them they're so wonderful. And they get ready to tie on a tornado. And to be sure, the conquest is bloody. It always is. War is always bloody. Women and children suffer, perhaps disproportionately. And in part, that's what this lament is all about, right? The pain of all that is lost. And God doing what he said he would do. But God's not finished yet. There's another chapter that will be written, right? The story always goes on. It always goes on. And that's key to understand. If you're in the middle of personal lament right now because of something that has happened to you or even something that you have created, know the story goes on. Know that there is another chapter. Know that there is hope in the future. But chapter 2 is hot. The poet addresses God, verse 20, Look, O Lord, and see. Same phrase we saw in chapter 1. Verse 1 says, How the Lord... It's like, it's, like the, it's like the poet is just like, How in the world did this happen? We tried to tell people to get right with God and they wouldn't listen. It, it's, it's like, the, it's like you're, you're like... Why wouldn't they listen? Verse 20, the poet addressing God, look, Lord, and see. And I have to warn you, the lament, the language is more harsh than if I flung out a string of profanities. Listen to the intensity. Look, O Lord, and see. With whom have you dealt thus? Should women eat the fruit of their womb? the children of their tender care. Should priest and prophet be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? This is a poetic expression of things as bad as it can possibly be. This is a heart laid open, bleeding before God. This lament, look at how it ends. It doesn't end, it just stops. Verse 22, on the day of the anger of the Lord, no one escaped or survived. Those whom I held and raised, my enemy destroyed. It just ends. It just stops. There's no pretty little ending. There's no power of the Spirit or in the name of God or amen. The words just end. A heart lamenting. We talked about this last week. We're going to talk about this week and for the next couple weeks. That the poet, perhaps Jeremiah, in so much honesty, in so much pain, still goes to his God. Even though there are no easy answers, even though there's no easy off-ramp, even though redemption, restoration promised is still decades away. Listen to the words, and perhaps there's a sense, a reflection, that this would be helpful for you. And if so, we want to give you a shot at it. This week, Tuesday evening, 6.30 p.m. start. 
you'll have the opportunity to create your own lament, to, to open your heart in honesty and vulnerability to the Spirit of God. The epilogue to the story, this defeat that is so profoundly lamented, and the resulting exile to Babylon, it would form the Jewish people movement pattern known as the Diaspora. Some 600 years later after these events, a young Jew, known to some as Jesus of Nazareth, but to others as Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, would ascend into heaven. His followers would go into all the world making disciples, baptizing and teaching, finding receptive audiences at synagogues and homes that existed in foreign lands as a result of the diaspora. Two steps that you can take today. One, if you have experienced adversity in whatever form, at whatever scale, and perhaps it's something that you've done to yourself, okay, fine. And you want to lament, you want to learn more about lament. This Tuesday, again, 6.30 in the Great Hall, take an opportunity to move your pain closer to God. The next step, which may or may not be related to your desire to participate in the lament service, is the fact that the people of the book of Lamentations are in a spot because a big chunk of them never took seriously the notion of being right with God. If you have done something lamentable, if you know you have done wrong and want to know that you can be forgiven? Because that's the promise of God, to forgive when we ask for forgiveness. If you know you have done wrong and want to know that you can be forgiven, then this next song is for you.